Welcome to Dating in the Digital Age by Core Confidence Coaching. This is a podcast for men and women around the globe who want to improve their social confidence and dating lifestyle. Hosted by your coach, Andrew Gung. I've transformed hundreds of men and women through online and in-person dating. So tune in where we'll deliver you powerful tips and insights into the world of fashion styling, dating to relationships. Let's get you started. Welcome to episode 23, Fucked Up Date Stories, Walking Away with Self-Respect. I'm your main man, Andrew Gung from Core Confidence Coaching. And if this is your first time tuning into our podcast, Core Confidence Coaching is a social dating and relationship coaching company based here in Melbourne, Australia. And our goal mission and vision is to impact, inspire and transform over 100 men and women by the end of this year through the social dating and relationship lifestyle. So let's get into this. So throughout these episodes, I'm going to be sharing a series of fucked up date experiences that I've had in the many years of experience I've had in the dating scene since I was as early as 18, but we won't go that far. I want to share something that is quite relevant, but also there's a huge lesson learned from each and every experience. And the one that I want to share with you today is walking away with self-respect, no matter if you're dating or you're in a relationship. I really hope you can take away something from this episode because when you're dating or whether you're in a relationship, the attraction usually starts off with one person liking the other person a little bit more. But as the relationship develops, the amount of effort contributed from both sides should be almost equal. You know, maybe a little bit more from the man at some times and a little bit more from the woman sometimes, but eventually it's on par when there's mutual attraction and you're in a long-term relationship. But at the very beginning, respect is very important. Having self-respect is very important as well. So, whether you're a man listening to this episode or whether you're a female listening to this episode, there's definitely something to take away. When you have self-respect, we won't go into it in in all these different examples, but you, you have to respect your own time. You have to respect your own boundaries. And a lot of the times I do see clients, they find the opposite sex of a person attractive And sometimes when our attraction level towards the other person is so overwhelming and we're basically smitten, we're we're very lovey-dovey towards them and like, oh, I can't wait to see this person. And you, you start visualizing your future together. You accidentally allow them to step on your boundaries. And I'll give you an example. Maybe it's them rocking up late um, or maybe let's say something a little bit harsher. They cancel on you last minute. And because you're so overwhelmed with attraction towards them. You're like, oh, that's fine. Yeah. And and you basically wasted a night because you could have had plans for that evening and this other person canceled or did a no-show last minute and they give you an excuse that sounds genuine to you. But then maybe a few weeks later, your next date happens and they do it again because you allowed the first one to be fine. Like there was no consequence towards it. You're like, yeah, that's fine. And you showed that you didn't really respect your own time as well. Like, I'm not saying to get angry at them, but at least say, hey, you know, it would have been nice if if you had let me know earlier because I could have stayed at the office a little bit longer and done some more work or I could have seen my family or whatever, right? 
but you know, not being a dick about it or being like completely hard about the situation, but just subtly letting them know that, hey, this is not cool, but well, I'll see you another time. So anyway, over time, they will continually push your boundaries and continually push them and push them until there's no boundaries left. And they've completely lost all respect for you because they realize you don't even respect yourself. Now, I have seen this in many, many clients in the past. Mostly from the male clients, uh, I feel females tend to voice their opinions a lot more than men if guys try to get away with a lot of poor excuses for rocking up late or flaking on their dates to the, to the women out there. But for the men, I tend to see this nice guy syndrome where they want to be this people pleaser, they want to avoid conflict, so they don't voice their opinion and basically their walls of self-respect are all broken and on the floor. So I want to jump into this story. Now, this can be a bit of a long story of mine, but bear with me. It is fucking interesting. And I've never shared this story publicly before. I'm willing to do this on my podcast. So you are in for a very fucking treat. I can tell you this right now. So back, um, long story short, I, and I did mention this in a previous episode of my podcast. So before I started up core confidence coaching, I've gone through several years of like many, many years of coaching, um, but more down another line of self-development, confidence building, and also business coaching. And I used to work in a network marketing company, a fantastic company. I won't mention the name. And I worked in this company for many, many years. I actually expanded the business into Colombia in uh, South America, one of my favorite countries. And oh, it's beautiful. The culture is amazing. And it, just thinking about it brings me back there. Like, oh, the food, the culture, the dancing. Obviously, the women up there in Colombia are amazing. Different culture, like completely different culture compared to Australia. Anyway, so I visited Colombia and I lived there uh, for short stays uh, over a period of three years. So I went back and forth over three years. And the last time I went there was 2016. And so I jumped on the app Meetup and there was a regular bar called Gringo Tuesday. So I, I think that was the name of the bar or that was the event on that Tuesday. And it was called Gringo Tuesdays. And I was like, perfect. I looked, I clicked on that event and it said, um, come here if you want to meet internationals to basically talk another language, like practice your English and practice your Spanish with local Colombians. I was like, brilliant, perfect way to meet females locally and impress them with my accent, my dress sense, my humor, my banter, everything Australian about me, just bring it to the table and meet some hot Latinas. So I went there by myself. I was fucking nervous. I was like, holy shit. Okay. But anyway, if you've ever been to these events, there is a flag um, on different tables representing what country you're from so and what language you can speak. So obviously I sat at the Australian flag and I met all these freaking Bogan Aussies. Anyway, I was, I was like, oh, it's just a whole bunch of guys and very little girls. And I'm like, okay, you know what? The gift I have is I can do cold approach. I've got no problem about that. And I saw these two really gorgeous uh, Colombian girls standing by the bar. And obviously in Colombia, so to give you a bit of a background, in Colombia, 
it's quite normal for a female to get a boob job, a butt job, a lip job, everything. It's completely normal, just like Korea. It's a very common thing. It's actually a part of their culture for many years. So anyway, I saw these two gorgeous girls. Obviously, they both had boob jobs and I gravitated over there like a moth on a light. And one could speak English and one could only speak Spanish. But I could only speak a bit of Spanish. And I was interested in the one that couldn't speak English. And I was trying to have a conversation with her through her friend and also using Google Translate. Anyways, her friend tried to help me out. Uh, she was interested. She was attracted. But then this random guy after 20 minutes came along. He knew them both. And then he started buying them drinks. And then they were like, yep, okay, cool. We'll see you later. And I was like, oh, all right. You know what? Let's exchange Facebooks at least. Um, and we'll keep in touch while I'm here. And she added me on Facebook, the one that I was interested in. Anyways, during, during that whole night, I just saw her getting bought all these drinks by this guy and she was just bumping and grinding him the whole night. And I was like, okay, interesting, cool. So instead I went and mixed with other locals and met this really cute Mexican girl and she reminded me of Sofia Vergara who is a famous Colombian actress. Anyways, so from that night, two or three weeks went on and I had this other Colombian girl, I, I forgot her name, but all I remember she was a dental assistant. And apparently that makes pretty good money, okay, up there in Colombia. Now, just to give you a bit of perspective from what I understood back then, the average wage in Colombia of Australian dollars per year is around 12,000 Australian dollars per year. That's considered average, okay? Um, now, I, th I believe she was earning a fair bit of a decent wage. You know, she had a bit of a boob job and a butt job. Again, forgot her name, but she's from this city in called Medellin in Colombia. Now, the city of Medellin, just to give you a bit of perspective, that is the city where all the beautiful women from Colombia are basically from. That's where they mostly have like boob jobs and lip jobs and all sorts of things. But most of them come naturally beautiful. And when I was in that city, I seriously saw all these amazing girls left, right and center. I was like, holy shit, I... I'm just dumbfounded. I had no idea what I was doing because it's like going into a toy store as a little kid and you're just like, oh shit, which toy do I even start on? So anyway, this girl was from the city and apparently, so not to say all girls from Colombia, or sorry, from Medellin are like this, just to put that out there. So the ones that I've met or heard about from Medellin usually have this mindset or have been brought up with this mindset that... The guy has to provide. The guy has to pay for everything. They just look beautiful. They become a, a housewife and the guy brings in the coin. The girl does, you know, a bit of housework, um, looks after the kids, works a little bit, but ultimately the man leads the finances and looks after and takes care of the family. So essentially they've been brought up with this gold digger mindset, okay? Nothing to say... Uh, anything bad about Colombian cultures or females or anything like that. I totally respect it. It's just how they're brought up. And there is a long story behind it. My Colombian friend told me the whole story about how Pablo Escobar, you know, intervened Medellin and it basically turned the whole culture around back to front. And that's literally how the culture still is today. So anyway, um, so this girl was from Medellin. Uh, she, we were in the city of Bogota, which is the capital of Colombia, and it's very freezing cold. It's uh, the city is actually uh, what is it, two thousand feet 
above seawater. So it's it's on a mountain. The the city's built inside the top of a mountain. So it's it's amazing, and you should do some research. Anyways, long story short, I'm getting carried away here. Um, this girl from this city that was living in Bogota messaged me on Facebook, and I was like, okay, she's okay, she's interested, and she was typing in English, and she was like, hey Andrew, how's your day? How's things? How's business? Um, yeah, we should go out sometime, and she said I. Uh, no, she asked me if I've been to this restaurant called Andres Caneres. Uh, so it is a very famous restaurant in Colombia, one of the most expensive restaurants. And they have cabaret dancing, axe dancing, mu- like it's it's amazing. Like there's not one minute or moment of the night where it's dull and boring. Like there's axe and circus acts going on around you, around the tables. So Andres Caneres and there was two in Bogota in the main capital. One was in the city center, which I was told was mediocre. And the other one, which was one of the best ones in Colombia, it was in this uh, small town called Chia. So it was about a 45 minute drive from the main capital of Bogota. Anyway, so she asked me, hey, Andrew, have you been to Andres Caneres? And I was like, uh, no, but I would love to go. And she goes, my invite, my invite, when are you free? Now, I want to tell you something. When a Colombian says my invite, and I learned this, that means my shout. So they're basically inviting you and they're going to pay for it. It's their invite. So in Australia, we have this saying called my shout. So that means I'm going to pay for everything. Guys, don't bring out your wallets. It's my shout. I was like, that's really nice of you. You know, I, I don't mind paying. You know, it's fine. Because at the end of the day, from the Australian wage compared to Colombian wage, everything up there is very, very cheap, like financially cheap. So you could buy a whole meal, including a drink for less than $10, like literally probably $6 Australian. Anyway, so I was willing to pay, but she said my invite. I was like, well, that's really nice. That's cool. So come the date, she catches an Uber to my apartment where I was staying and she gets there and you know, I'm like greeting her and stuff. And then I ordered the Uber from my apartment down to this restaurant in Chia. And the Uber ride was about a 45 minute drive. Okay. So we're getting a little bit snuggly in the back seat and, you know, kissing a little bit. Like she wasn't allowing me to kiss her on the cheeks or sorry, kiss her on the lips, but she was allowing me to like, you know, snuggle in there. And she was a little bit reserved. I'm like, that's fine. You know, it's our first date. But I was like, look, I'm leaving in a couple of nights. So there's, you know, I've got nothing to lose at this point. And I just want to say back in 2016. So currently this episode is being recorded in 2021. So five years ago, a lot has changed. I've grown a lot as a person. Every single year, I'm always pushing to improve as a person, become better, become a better speaker, become a better coach, all of that stuff. And I can definitely say you know, without a doubt back then, I still had a lot of nice guy traits. I, you know, I had really good skills. I had very good business skills, but a lot of areas in me was lacking in terms of um, self-respect. And that's why I wanted to bring this episode up or this topic up anyway. So, (laughs) you know, I had a lot of nice guy syndromes back then and I allowed girls to walk all over me. And that's why I know how to talk about this type of situations because it's literally a real situation for me and I allowed these things to happen for many years until this night, one night. 
in 2016. Anyway, we get out of the Uber. Picture this. It is like a massive castle wall, like a, a big stone castle wall with, um, how do you even describe it? Like, um, you know, flames going off at the front, um, circus acts going out at the front, people taking photos and loud music everywhere. And there's like people in costume and there's people lining up and you're like, holy cow, is this even a restaurant? It looks like a an amazing theme park. Again, Andres Caneres. Check it out. Google it. Amazing. So we went up to the front counter. I didn't know you had to pay to get in. And it was only like uh, $14 Australian to get in. So, you know, to them, that to, to a local Colombian, that is considered quite pricey. Anyway, again, I had no problem paying for, for all of it or most of it. No problem whatsoever. I was there to have a good experience. And with a gorgeous, beautiful Colombian girl. And we got to the front got to the front booth and she, the, the ladies saying, yep, it's going to cost this much to get in. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I looked at the girl and she, she was literally reaching into a purse and she's putting her hand in. Just imagine this. It, it's, it was really bad acting. She opens her purse, puts her hand in and she's patting around and she's looking in there and looking confused. She looks at me, gives me that weird eye contact, looks in her bag Opens her mouth like that emoji with the mouth open. And she looks at me with her mouth open again. You know, like those um, those circus toys where the clowns, like there's about four of them in a row and the clown's head, he looks like he's got his mouth open, ready to give head. And he's just rotating his head left to right. And you've got to put the ping, the little ping pong ball above to into his mouth. So that, and then it falls into like a little... Um, column or something down below. Anyway, she had that look. <laughs> I don't know why I explained that, but she had this look about her face with the little open shocked mouth. And I was like, ah, oh, here we go. I know, I already know what this is about. She's going to say she forgot a wallet at home, right? She pulled one better. She, she got me to pull my phone out, open up Google translate, typed it in Espanol and it translated in English. I had wished I screenshotted this. This would have made for a fucking amazing proof of a story. I shit you not. This is what it said in English. It said, oh my gosh, I can't believe the Uber driver must have stolen my wallet. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Out of all excuses you could have come up with, she said, the Uber driver stole her wallet. So I was like, all right. Let's call the police. You know, I was just taking the piss to see how she she would react. And she goes, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Let's just forget about it. Let's just, he's gone. He's He's got my wallet. I'm not going to get it back. It's fine. And I'm like, okay, cool. So as soon as I pulled my wallet out, this pretend stolen wallet from the Uber driver, which clearly he didn't fucking steal it because we were in the backseat the whole time together snuggling. She was fine. She was relaxed. You know, if you had lost your wallet, you'd be freaking out. You'd be like, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, call up the Uber and say that I've left it in the car. You know what I mean? I caught her bluff and she's just like, Ugh. so I was a bit annoyed. I was like, look, that's fine. We came all this way, 45 minute drive. We're both dressed up really nice. We're at this restaurant. I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. Let's just go and have fun. If I have to pay for it, it's fine. You know what I mean? Like, I'm here for an experience. I don't care that she's, you know, kind of pulling one over me. So anyway, I paid for it. 
we walked in, she knew exactly where to go. Like she was pulling my hand, walking really fast, knew exactly where to go. Left, right, straight, left, right, boom, boom, boom. We sat down on her table. She pulled out the menu. She knew what she was going to order. I was like, holy fuck, has she been here like recently? Like she knew exactly what we're ordering. And without hesitation, she's like, yep, we're getting this. We're getting this. We're getting this. Oh, you're going to love this. Have you tried this? I was like, oh my gosh, don't tell me she's fucking gold digging me. Because she's apparently had a wallet stolen. I was like, you're kidding me. I'm like, look, that's fine. I can afford this. I'm not, I'm not broke. Okay, and she's, I, I just saw how she was reacting. She's like, yep, we're getting this, 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 this. Oh, and we need this. You haven't tried this. I was like, cool. You know what? I'm not angry. It's fine. I'm here with a gorgeous, beautiful Colombian girl. One of the best gorgeous girls I've ever been with in my life. I mean, one of the best restaurants. I'm going to just soak up the environment. Let's do this. Whatever. Yep, let's, let's order it. Whatever. Fuck. I'm King Dick. My ego back then was huge. And I just, I was just like, yep. You know, I'm with a gorgeous girl. I'm dr- probably the best dressed guy there in the in the restaurant and at the best restaurant, of course. And just bring it. I'm I'm not gonna hold back. Let's order everything. Anyway, so the food started coming. Now the disappointing thing is that obviously when you're on a date, the person will at least, out of respect, face you, right? At least face you. Now we were sitting. Imagine like a square table. I was sitting on one side and she was sitting on my right side. So she wasn't sitting opposite on a date. You'd always, it's always best to sit next to the the person, right? Not opposite. So I sat next to her. So we're in close contact, close proximity. We can have an intimate conversation. Her body language was away. She was facing away. She had her shoulder and almost half of her back facing me. And I was like, what the fuck? That is really rude. But I didn't want to make a deal out of it. And I was like talking to her in my broken Spanish back then. And she was giving me like two to three worded responses. And I was like, man, are you fucking kidding me? This is shit. Like, okay, I've got no problem paying for things. And that's fine. You know, it's the culture. Like maybe she wants to pretend she can't afford it to make me pay for it. It's fine. But at least, at least on the date, show some form of interest. She showed nothing. She had her back against me. And again, her responses were very minimal. And I was like, all right. And I, I, could, I could at least have a good conversation, right? Back in, Sp- back in Colombia, I could speak some fairly decent Spanish. I even pulled out my phone to have Google Translate help me. And she would give me the cold shoulder and very minimal words. And the thing that also shitted me, she pulled a phone out and started texting other people. I was like, what the fuck? Food came out, we're eating. She's like, oh, delicious, yeah, delicious. And I was like, yep, 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 cool. I'm keeping it cool at this point. And, you know, again, she showed a bit of interest with her body language in, only because the food was there. As soon as we finished one dish, again, gave me the cold shoulder, turned around, body language away, put out a phone. She even had the decency to call someone and talk in Spanish. Whoever that was, I have no fucking idea if it was a girl or a guy. She spoke on the phone for about five to seven minutes. I was like, man, I'm really getting getting taken for a ride here. This is just complete and utterly rude. And back then, again, I was a nice guy. I had no balls to state my disappointment. I would just allow girls to walk all over me, especially when they were very good looking. So instead, I was like, okay, 
I excused myself, walked to the toilet, and I called my Colombian friend, and his name is Andres. Funny, he doesn't own the restaurant, but his name's Andres, Julian. And I said, Andres, man, I'm in a bit of a pickle. This girl from Medellin, we're on a date, and she's literally just ignoring me, giving me very minimal investment. And dude, she's literally pretended she lost a wallet. Like, it got stolen. And he goes, man, I'm so sorry. He goes, look, some Medellin girls, they're, they're a little bit like that. They expect the guy to pay, but at the end of the day, she'll go home with you. She'll sleep with you. It's fine, man. Just like, enjoy the night, have fun. She, she's fine. Maybe she's nervous. I'm like, yeah, you're right. What am I worried about, dude? Yeah, you're fine. I'm fine. I said, sorry to bother you. And it's like, oh, good, man. I hope you have a good night. So I went back to my table. We ate more. We had dessert. And again, she just gave me the cold shoulder and I felt uncomfortable. People around started looking at us and I noticed it. Even the waiter, he knew what was going on. I felt like a fool. The fact that she was gold digging me and everyone, everyone on all the tables around knew it. They gave that look. They were talking and giving giving me and her that look. And I was like, fuck, man, I, I'm just actually, I'm, I'm getting a little bit angry but I have no idea what to do because I've never been in this situation before. I was like, oh man, okay. I'm like, excuse me, I need to go to the toilet again. Went to the toilet, called my friend and he's like, hey man, is everything okay? And I'm like, Andres, dude, she's just being really rude. She, she's texting on the phone and like, it's like I'm not even there and everyone's just looking at us and I'm, I'm feeling like an idiot. And he goes, man, I'm really sorry. Look, Medellin girls are tricky, but get some alcohol. She Maybe she's a little bit nervous. Get some drinks and loosen up. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. You know what? We haven't had a drink yet. I'm going to do that and I'll let you know how it goes. I said, I apologize for, for bothering you. But yeah, dude, I'm just really freaking out right now because I'm in a country, I'm in a city where I don't really know anyone. And yeah, I'm 45 minutes away from my home. And dude, I'm getting taken for a ride here. So I went back. I said, uh, let's get some drinks in Spanish. And she goes, perfect. Her face lit up. So there's this drink in Colombia called Aguatriente and it's like tequila. It tastes almost like fucking gasoline. I can tell you that right now. Colombians won't like me telling you that it tastes like gasoline. They love it. It's like their national drink of alcohol. Like Mexicans have tequila. Colombians have Aguatriente. So anyway, I was like, yeah, let's get like a, a drink of Aguatriente. She didn't order two drinks. She ordered a big fucking bottle. Oh my gosh, that bottle was nearly 100 Australian dollars, right? It was like 70 or 80 Australian dollars. I was like, whoa. I didn't know what she ordered. She just said, yep, I've sorted it out. The waiter comes over with a big bottle, opens it, gives us two cups. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? She is really juicing me this time. But I'm like, look, let's get tipsy. Maybe she'll open up. So the, the, the bottle gets placed on the table. The two cups get placed on the table and she grabs the bottle as if it's hers, pours the two shots. We drink it and she turns her back to me and she goes, good. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, okay, good. And then she turned her head and she's holding onto the bottle. Like it's a fucking baby. I was like, what the fuck? What is this person's problem? I was like, let's have another drink. And she goes, yeah, later, later, later. And then she grabbed my hand and she goes, let's dance. Because in Colombia, the, one of the awesome things is 
in a restaurant, usually around, well, most restaurants anyway, by about 9.30, 10 o'clock, they turn into salsa and bachata dance clubs. So she grabbed my hand because the music turned on and they clear a few tables to allow for a dance floor. So she pulls me to the center of the dance floor. We're dancing and I don't know salsa or bachata, but I tried my best to dance. And obviously in this type of dance moves with the partner, you have to hold hands. She wouldn't even allow me to hold her hand. Whenever I grabbed her hand, she'd push me away and she goes, no, 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 no. And I was like, what? But she's clinging onto the fucking alcoholic bottle, which we only had one shot out of each. And she's pushing me away. And I'm like, man. So I, I was like, fuck this. So I went in, grabbed her hand and tried to emulate salsa dance moves as best as I possibly could. Push me away. No, 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 no. I was like, what the fuck? All right, I've tried everything. This is bullshit. Anyways, 10 minutes of this going on, I'm this pathetic nice guy on the dance floor getting taken for a ride. These three Italian guys come over. They can barely speak a word of English because obviously she's really gorgeous, dressed really nicely. They surround me and they're trying to cock block and they talk to her. They completely ignored me. They talked to her in Spanish, in broken Spanish, by the way. My Spanish was fucking heaps better than these guys. I knew what they were saying. They're like, oh, haha, is this your boyfriend? And she's like, no, no. And they're like, oh, okay. And then they slowly slid in, in front of me and just had all their backs to me. And they were dancing with this one girl. And I was like, fucking hell, this is pathetic. I'm like, you know what, guys, what are you doing? And they just looked at me and laughed. And then they just kept dancing. And I was like, fuck this. I'm completely getting taken for a ride. And then these fucking three Italian guys cock blocked the shit out of me. And they're taller than me. And I'm like, fuck, you know, if I get into a fight, I've got no chance. I know fucking no one right now. Plus, I'm in a foreign country that's probably not well known for the most, being the most safest country, right? So I'm like, this is no point. So I walk off, went into the toilet, called my friend Andres for the third and final time. Actually, not the final time, sorry. The third time. And I said to him, Andres, man, I've tried everything you said. She has no interest in me. She's literally dancing with these three guys and she's pouring my fucking alcohol bottle down their throats. Um, Dude, like, what do I do? I'm stuck. I I have no idea. I'm a little bit tipsy, but I'm very pissed off and I can't think straight right now. Back then, I wasn't very emotionally well put together. Like, if something pissed me off, I'd get pissed off, but I'd hold it in and I wouldn't know how to react. So anyway... My friend Andres, he was really cool. He just said, man, I apologize for this experience. You know what? Forget about her. Just forget about her. Walk away, grab your things and find some other people. Make some friends. Dance with some other people. I said, you know what? That's awesome, man. I'm going to go do that. And I went and I was pretty drunk at this point. And I went and made friends with these awesome local Colombians. And I said, guys, Look, I'm from Australia. I'm on a very awkward date where she basically brought me here and she's just used me and she's off, you know, with some other guys and basically just took me for a ride, gold ducked me. And I said, "Uh, yeah, I'm having a shit night, but I don't want to go home. I'm I'm here to have fun. I don't know anyone. Is it cool if I hang with you guys? And they were like, yeah, man, you know, that's cool. We had a few drinks. I bought them drinks. I'm like, you guys are cool. I really appreciate it. And I had wished I got their contacts on Facebook because people like this, I appreciate and I, and man, like they're, they're the type of people you want to have lifelong friendships with. And I was like, 
very appreciative. And I'm even getting goosebumps saying this because they they were like very welcoming, very comforting. And they they said, man, I'm, I apologize that you've had such an experience in our country. Don't let this reflect on our country. You know, there's amazing people here. And unfortunately, people like that, they were brought up in a very different way. And it's not their fault. They don't know from right to wrong. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. So anyway, I hung out with them for a while, got really drunk, walked over to where the other girl was uh, probably about an hour later. She never messaged me or called me, nothing. She didn't give a fuck. And she was getting grinded by two, by those three Italian guys. That alcohol bottle was finished. She was just, she literally was tonguing one of the guys and the other guys were just groping her. Like three on one. That was... It was a sight I will never forget. I will never forget that. And they didn't see me. She didn't see me. I was going to walk over and say something, but I was like, nah, what's the point? What's the point? So I was walking towards the entrance and I realized the bill hasn't been paid for. It's 2.30 a.m. I'm not going to stay here. It's about bedtime. I should go home. I've got an early one tomorrow morning. Uh, I was running a seminar with my with my company. I was like, look, I should probably get home. It's going to take 45 minutes to get home. Anyway, um, I thought to myself, and I was in a bit of a crossroad here. Do I go and say something to her and make a point, which I decided not to? Or another option is, do I pay for the bill and then go home? Or do I just fuck it and, you know, she can sort out the bill because she's the one who just took me for a ride and basically just used me and did not even give a shit about me. And in my mind, it's like, what do we, what do you do in this situation? Do you do the right thing and still walk away being a little bitch? Or do you kind of, is it, is the right thing to walk away and not pay for the bill? You know what I mean? Like it's one of those situations. And then I also thought to myself, fuck, I'm in Colombia. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to have to come back here again. And obviously I stand out like a sore thumb. I'm like the only Asian guy there with an Aussie accent. Like I'm going to stand out. People will recognize that. And plus I'm very well known in the company of that network marketing company I was working with. So, you know, uh, so I was in a bit of a pickle, but I thought, you know what? I called my friend up for the fourth time and he's like, bro, what's up? What's up? I'm about to go to sleep. I'm like, I'm sorry, Andres. I'm really drunk right now, but this is a situation. I told him what's up. I said to him, do I pay for the bill? He goes, man, look, do the right thing. Just pay for half and have her pay for half. And I said, well, dude, like she doesn't even have money. How is she going to pay for half? I'm going to look like an idiot. And she's just going to feel like she won because I paid for the bill. You know, we can't do splitsies because, dude, she's with three fucking guys that they're basically all tonguing each other. And he goes, look, man, do what you feel is right. Okay. Whatever you do is right. And I said, you know what? I'm fucking drunk. I'm just going to, I'll decide in a minute. Anyway, I hung up on him and I just ordered my Uber. I walked off and I was like, I felt like a fucking man. I got in the Uber and the Uber driver, he could speak English. And I told him the whole story. He just laughed and he goes, man, you did the right thing. You did the right thing. He goes, man, girls like that, you just leave them. You walk away. Like they, they don't, they don't respect men like us and they deserve to, you know, to kind of, have the bill flopped on them. So he goes, well done. He dropped me home. I was a little bit anxious because I'm like, fuck, you know, I've got a few more days here. I don't want like the fucking, some mafia coming up to my door and being like, hey, you didn't pay for this 
restaurant bill and I was like shit anyway so I was in a lot of anxiety for like the next 24 hours I woke up especially when I woke up and I was like fuck okay um let's look at my phone and yeah I had like six missed calls from that girl and that was at about five o'clock fucking five o'clock she had the decency to call me six missed calls I will never forget this six missed calls Facebook, there was a few messages going on for about 30, 40 minutes. Andrew, where are you? Andrew, where are you? Answer your phone. Pick up. Andrew, where are you? Fuck. Um, We need to pay for the bill. Fuck. And then that was it. And there was nothing. And I was like, haha, suck shit. So in my head, I was like, I feel like I did the right thing, but I'm still watching over my shoulder. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because she knows where I live. She caught her Uber to my place. So she knows where I live. I'm like, oh, fuck, you know. Okay. Anyway, so I kind of had that anxiety for that for that last day that I was in Colombia. Uh, sorry, in Bogota anyway, because I was moving to another city after that day. Um, anyway, so I went to lunch uh, out with my team members from my company after we ran the seminar. I was a little bit hungover. They knew it. And I didn't tell them the situation, obviously, because I was maintaining a professional rela- relationship with all of them. And I still had that anxiety. So I opened up my Facebook and then I decided to go into my requested message inbox because when people message you, but they have no affiliation with you on Facebook, those messages that will not pop up in your Facebook or back then they, they didn't, but they would pop up in your filtered inbox. But you would only see those messages if you made the effort to go in there. And I went in there and there was a message in there lingering from what was it? Um, 5 a.m. that night. And I can't remember his name, but all I saw in the preview of that message, it said, excuse me, sir, I served you at the restaurant last night. And that's all I could see. I'm like, fuck. So I opened the message and it was long. And it wasn't what I expected. Like, hey, we know we're going to get you. We're going to like hunt you down. We know where you live. I was like expecting that message. Instead, it was a message saying, excuse me, sir, um, I served you at the restaurant last night and you left without paying for the bill. And I'm in a lot of trouble with my work at the moment because I have to pay for that bill because you were my customer and I'm very upset. Uh, if you can please, uh, find a way to, um, sort this out for me, I would really appreciate it because this is not my fault, unfortunately, but I would love if you could do the right thing. And I was like, fuck man. Okay. That's, I felt shit and I, and I wanted to do the right thing because it's not his fault. He sent me the, uh, the, the photo of the bill and the bill, (laughs) the bill came to $290. Now I know you're listening to this and you're thinking that's nothing, but I can tell you right now that is very expensive in Colombia. And this poor guy who was innocent, I couldn't let him deal with the full bill. So anyway, I messaged him back and I told him the situation. I said, look, I obviously got used and I left out of anger and that was up to her to sort out the bill. And he replied back saying, I understand, sir. And I apologize that that happened. And I know it's not your fault, but we need to sort out the bill. And I said, look, you could, you sh- should have sorted out at least half with her on the t- at the time, right? She was with three guys that had bank cards and money. And he goes, I understand, but you know, like realistically, it's down to the responsibility of those who ate. 
and it was you and her that ate. And I said, well, you have her on Facebook because obviously she gave my Facebook to him. So I said, it's your responsibility to get half from her and I will pay you half through net bank transfer. And that's all I'm going to do. And yeah, and so he was happy with that decision. Whether she paid up or not, I don't know. But yeah, that was the last I ever spoke to her. Um, I net banked him straight away. And the funny thing is, I knew Karma was going to be a bitch because I went onto his Facebook profile and he actually works at that network marketing company as well. And I thought, fuck, if I didn't sort that out and I've got to come back to this country again and I'm on stage talking and presenting, he's going to be like, hey, that's that gringo that, you know, that didn't pay for his meal. And, you know, and I had, I lost my job over that. And that'll be so bad on my reputation of the company. So I was like, fuck, look, at least I'm going to do what's right. But what was right was paying for at least half and she had to pay for half. Now, whether she again paid for it, I have no idea. To this day, I've deleted her off my Facebook. I'm like, fuck that. But the interesting thing before I wrap this episode up, I went on her Facebook for before I deleted her. Kid you not, I scroll down almost every fortnight. She's at that fucking restaurant with different people from different countries and doing the same shit. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's a fucking routine for her. That's, that's, that's her little routine, how she gold digs people. I, the last video I saw was her basically pouring alcohol down these two guys from the UK down the throat on the dance floor. And she's just dancing in the middle of them grinding. I was like, man, what poor bastard has fallen for her little tricks and become a victim of her little fucking gold digging plot. So anyways, this episode has been one of the longest episodes that I've ever done. It's more than 40 minutes, but it's a story, a personal story of mine that I wanted to share with you. It's 100% authentic. There's no bullshit about it, right? And you can imagine, I've gone through a lot of these experiences in my life. Like I look back at this and I laugh at this. I literally laugh at it. And if you've made it to this far, you know, I I fucking congratulate you. I really appreciate that you've taken out the time to listen to this episode for 40 minutes because I want you to learn of my own experience, right? And it comes down to self-respect because I learned a lot from that night. And I will never, ever let anyone do that to me ever again. I would plant my foot down and say, hey, this is not cool. You're being rude. You know, I've brought you out here for a dinner date. And if you're going to put you back to me, that's that's rude. But if you're going to call your friends while I'm on a dinner date with you and text, that's not cool. And if you're going to be like that, seriously, you're welcome to leave. And I'm just going to enjoy the night by myself. That's literally what I would do if that ever happened to me right now. But you know what? I've learned from that experience. That experience has never even popped up ever again in my life because I learned from it. And I really hope that you learned a lot from this episode too, because it was a personal experience for me. It was very gut-wrenching, but I look back at it now, you know, five years down the track, I look at it and I laugh and I'm like, you know what? I'm grateful for that experience. It was funny. It was an awesome experience. I made a good night out of it regardless. And you know what? I'm here today sharing my my story with you. So enough about that. Again, this brings us to the end of episode 23. 
dating in the digital age, fuck up dates, walking away with self-respect. So if you found this episode to be of great value to you and also to someone else that you know could really resonate with this and learn from it, please share this with them. And please also show some support to Core Confidence Coaching by following and subscribing to our podcast channel, whether it's from Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio or Podbean or even Spotify. Please follow us because it shows that you really like our content and we will definitely want to continue making more and more of these really awesome episodes. So that brings us to the end. If you have any questions, any queries, or you have any coaching inquiries, jump onto our website, which is www.coreconfidencecoaching.com.au. This is Andrew Gung from Core Confidence Coaching, signing out.